seen as a cult and that can Seems be kind of like a cult some people love it some people hate it but, but nobody forgets, forgets it, it. okay bye. <laughs> <laughs>
You don't tell them everything right from the start unless you're me. But you don't tell a boy you have your period the first time you meet him. You know, it's just that kind of scenario. <laughs> Anyhow, on the topic that we have today, we have life lessons we learned at Lululemon. So for those of you that don't know, and kind of just as like a warning up front, we haven't worked at Lululemon for quite some time now. Like what, two, three years? Or I so? think three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back, we. We worked there for a pretty good chunk of our lives, and when I, I mean, I'm going to speak for myself, but when I moved into my career that I'm in now and other jobs that I had along the way in between, whether that was my own business or my job with the Maple Leafs or whatnot, a lot of those things I felt like they happened or were really successful because of things that I learned when I was working at Lululemon. Oh, the segment was going to be the money saving. We'll come back to that at the end. Um, sorry, little little distraction. <laughs> um, so, life lessons we learned at Lululemon. We wanted to share with you guys things that we feel like we took away from our time there. There could be better lessons that other people have learned there. There could be different lessons, or you might not have liked working there. Well, we're a different uh, story. Oh, oh, <laughs> take a breath, sir. But riled up. As we go along with these life lessons, if you know, or if you have any life lessons that you've learned, either from working at Lululemon or from any other job that you didn't think was applicable at the time, like you're working at McDonald's and all of a sudden you felt like all these skills you learned making quarter pounders, now you're in your hedge fund job and all of a sudden you're using the same skills. So if you have any of those, you can let us know and we'll mention them um, during our next podcast, any ones that are really useful that we, uh, we seem to have missed. So let's get into it. We don't want to offend anybody with this podcast. We just want to educate the masses. And we will say some funny things, but um, we love Lululemon to this oh, day. So. Sarah, you think you're really funny? Well, uh, I was talking about you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so first of all, should we kick it off with life lesson number one? Let's kick it off. <clears throat> first and foremost... Life is a story. Did you hear that? Life's a story. So, for those of you who've known people who've worked at Lululemon in the past, maybe right now in the present, um, oftentimes Lululemon is seen as a cult, and that can be because I work in employee engagement now, and I just see it as very engaged employees. Honestly, I think that like any business that makes their employees seem that engaged, like even at my current job, people think it's a cult. Yeah, you know. So that's great, but <laughs> thanks. <laughs> my, point, my point was about to turn into um, when you work at Lululemon, you used to go to this place called Landmark, right? And Ali and I have both been there. We had different experiences, and people who go all have very different experiences. Some people love it, some people hate it, but, but nobody, nobody forgets, forgets it. it. Okay, but. <laughs> What do you think, like, okay, so some people don't know what Landmark is. Other people might have gone on their own dime um, and not been employees at Lululemon. So, like, let's just kind of describe what it is a little bit, and I can do that as you're motioning to me right now. Um, So what Landmark is, is I'd say it's like a personal development course, but um, you really just take away from it what, like, everybody takes away something a little bit different. Um, You basically go to this weekend thing, and or is it a week i think it's like thursday to sunday and then you take a day off and then you go back for your graduation or their sales pitch for your friends and family right so you're basically just like sitting in this like community center or like wherever it happens to be i think they have them all over the world right they have a they have a number of them yeah Yeah. 
So um, you're just sitting with a bunch of strangers and they just try to like coach you and like mold your mind into like thinking a different way. And like the over, uh, like the over, uh, what's the word? Overarching Over, principle. Yeah, the overarching principle. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure what you were thinking. Is That's that exactly it? what I was thinking. Um, is that life is a story. Yeah. So I think that for us at Landmark, it was different, very different for both of us. When I went, I hated it and was like, I'm not speaking. I don't have any problems. I don't know. I probably could have opened up a little bit more. But um, to, to give you my takeaway from it was like there are things that happen in life facts like this morning I ate cereal for breakfast that is a fact fact and then there are or there is the meaning that people attach to different things so I could be like I ate cereal for breakfast ugh I'm so fat and unhealthy but that's just something that I'm creating in my head and a story that I'm making up because of the cereal I ate for breakfast which is really none of that is true none of that needs to be attached to the fact that I ate cereal for breakfast. Or, in a more Lululemon-esque example, somebody coming in to damage a pair of pants. Let's say they're bringing in a pair of tights that are all pilled on the inside of the legs. Piled. Piled? Maybe it's it's just wear and tear, maybe it's not a quality issue, but um, when that person brings them up to the cash and you're working and they're getting really, really mad at you, you might take on the feelings of like, oh my God. They're attacking me. They're attacking me. This is my fault. They hate me. They're so mad. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Allie's taking a selfie as we go. It's for my dad. (laughs) For her dad. Um, But that's kind of the type of thing. So we have the uh, facts, the things that happen in your life. And then from that, everybody has their own different meanings and stories that you're creating about what's going on so essentially I left Landmark thinking to myself oh my god life is a story it has no meaning and that's totally fine so what I took away from Landmark and like probably well like in terms of a takeaway from this podcast life is a story basically means that or like the way that I interpreted it was that like I used to often think like when in like elementary school if like one of my friends was like not talking to me or like was in a bad mood that day I would always just be like oh my god it's something I did like I'm awful they hate me blah 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 all these stories in my head just thinking that that person's negativity was directly a result of something that I did and from going through landmark and just like keeping in mind that like life is a story then instead of looking at people's actions and being like those are because of something I did that's about me that's kind of narcissistic now that I think about it but I was just thinking of it in more of like a simple sense in the fact that like, oh, Sarah woke up, she didn't say good morning to me. (laughs) She walked outside and slammed the door behind her. The facts are is that she woke up, she didn't speak, and she slammed the door. In my head, I could make up stories being like, Sarah's pissed off at me, I wonder what I did, all these things, but in reality, she could have just been having a bad day. Or late for work. Or she's just (laughs) late for work. Well, you know. Um, yeah, I think also in terms of life is a story, like people have, you have the power to make these choices and decisions on a daily basis for like what everything that happens in your life is going to mean for you. Yeah. So, so the next time, the only thing that we have to keep talking about this, cause we're only on the first one, we'll make them a little quicker. Don't worry. All right. Um, is basically that life's a story. So just think about the facts and if you find yourself getting too caught up in what could have happened or what might have happened. 
Just think life's a story. <laughs> okay, anyways, go to Landmark if you want to get in on that action. Okay, next life lesson we have, giving feedback in the moment. This is something that we both had to really um, develop into over the years, both giving and taking feedback. So now, in, and one thing that we've been in practice of doing for a number of years is feedback in the moment. Everybody who we know these days doesn't necessarily do it. At our current jobs, you don't always get feedback in the moment. You don't always give feedback in the moment. But what we learned when working at Lululemon was how great it is when you can actually do that. And how much people actually appreciate it. They may not in that moment, but they will in the long run. So for us, both of us kind of struggled with feedback in a different way. How'd you struggle, Sarah? Um, at first. So um, I sometimes can be seen a story but <laughs> as I think a little in intimidating oh you're intimidating to people oh and so when I was giving feedback it often came across very I don't know would you say aggressive or it could come across oh you're like the receptor of my feedback yeah I'd say maybe your your feedback is just a little blunt sometimes people describe you as having no filter yes that is a good way to put it blunt so I would just it didn't matter who I was talking to, and I would give feedback in the same type of way. What I've learned now over the years is that there's all sorts of different personalities and different types of people, and you really need to cater, I don't know if that's the right word, but change the feedback that you're yeah, getting or good. the way that you're delivering it yeah. to each individual based on their own personality and the way that that individual would receive feedback best. So if we're talking my relationship with Allie here, when I give feedback to her, I know that it needs to be delivered in a way that's a little bit um, softer. I wouldn't say that you even follow I that practice. Don't do that. No, <laughs> but because that's, I don't care. That's intentionally because I or intentional because I like to um, the way that so Sarah struggles with giving feedback. I struggle with taking feedback because. Um, Something that comes with my hypochondriacism and OCD is also trying to be really good at everything. And it's really hard to think that you're really good at everything when somebody's giving you feedback about how bad you are. So no matter what it is, when somebody was giving me feedback, um, a lot more in the past, maybe a little bit now, but I've gotten better at it, I'd be like, oh my God, they're attacking me. Like, this is completely wrong. Like, why would they say that to me? They must have something out for me, all this stuff. Especially Sarah, because when I first met her, she honestly was just like, I don't even know, like you would just say something like, be better, and I'd be like, oh my god, like what the heck? So long story short is that you took it very personally. Right, so um, something that I really learned at Lemon was that people give you feedback because they want you to be better. Like they're not giving you feedback because they don't like you. If they didn't like you and if they didn't care about your development, they wouldn't give you feedback. So the next time you get a piece of harsh feedback, have that in the back of your mind being like, oh if they didn't care about how I performed this task or how I was developing this area, they would seriously probably just overlook that and just let me go on my merry way. That's right. Right? Yes, <clears throat> I think that's true. So when it comes to giving feedback, I guess our two things, in the moment, three things. In the moment is great because then that doesn't leave the person, uh, like if you don't give it to them right then and there, then how do you expect them to make that change? Um, giving feedback and making sure that you're aware of the person's personality that you're giving it to, giving it to them in the best way for them to receive it and actually act on that feedback. And then when you're taking or getting feedback feedback from others, 
not taking it personally because they are there for the most part with your best interest in mind. So, some, and even if they're not, like right. you can still take it that way. It's up to you how you choose to receive that. I think that we gave a couple examples of like personal examples and then a couple of like that could be um, placed in the workplace, but I think somewhere where it's really good and healthy to practice feedback in the moment is like in any of your relationships. So like if with your friends or like with your um, significant other or like whatever, if you actually truly give them feedback in the moment of anything that's either um, pissing you off or like making you really happy, then that could like be a huge game changer in your relationship instead of just like waiting till later, like your boyfriend does something that pisses you off, you wait and then you just tell your friends about it later. Like that doesn't solve anything, just tell them in the moment. Yeah, we don't have this as one of our lessons, so I'm just gonna add it in along here with the stories and the um, the um, feedback, but um, having background conversations was not what I was gonna say, but Ali was mouthing it to me, so if you wanna speak to that, do it in a minute. Oh no, I don't, but I just thought that's what you were thinking of. No, I'm thinking of clearing. So oh, when you yes, have yes. something come up, that's on your mind and that's like getting in the way of you being completely where you are whether that's in your a relationship with somebody and there's like you're literally like what were they doing last night like it's bugging me so much but I'm not going to ask them about it like just ask them or just tell them this is what I'm feeling like can we talk about it and get it out of the way so that you can move forward yeah I think a clearing is almost like when you realize you didn't get feedback in the moment and you have to kind of go back upon it and be like oh this is actually the way I was feeling in that moment. I have to clear it because the way I acted wasn't really my intention and go forward from there. Cool. Yeah. Um, Let's, next. Never mind. <laughs> Our third life lesson is a big one that we, um, we used to live in London, Ontario, and we had the bulk of our Lululemon careers there. And when we left, my one um, manager, said this to me and it's really stuck with me ever since. I have to say it's stuck with me as well because you, you say it all the yeah. time. So um, hashtag choice and or busy is, is a, a choice. choice. You want to speak to that? Sure. So um, Sarah, do we live a busy life? Yes, we live a busy life. It's 1025 the day before our podcast is due to come out. And here we are recording it because we didn't have any time on the weekend. But also, what did you do today? I did all the things that I enjoy. Exactly. So <laughs> that's a, a perfect example of busy as a choice. Yeah. I was actually saying to somebody, so like right now, all these people are trying to go on dates with me. Oh, I'm sorry if you're listening. And <laughs> this one person was seriously listening to our podcast and I was like, that is so crazy. Why? That's great. Oh, More people. Hey. I kept quoting it and I was like, ah. Um, anyway, you know how celebrities feel. Yeah. Um, but, like, I feel like I'm too busy to make time for those things sometimes. And that's because I'm choosing different priorities instead of going on dates or whatever. So, um, another good example is back when I started my career that I have now, I was still working at Lululemon. And what else was I doing at that time? Was I skating or something? Probably not. But I would go to work. Oh, I was commuting. So I would go to work from 8.30 to 5, commute back to my hometown, and then go to work at Lululemon from, I don't know, 6 or 7 p.m. until, like, sometimes 3 in the morning. So but what I was, were you thinking? Like, I'm so busy. But I was 
I loved it so much. Like I yeah. loved both the things that I was doing and it wasn't like, it was bad because I wasn't sleeping. And then I realized after some time of doing it, like, okay, I need a better balance, which balance also looks different to everyone that was balanced for me. But I realized if I want to really excel in my 8.30 to 5 job, then something needs to kind of go so that I'm rested and at my best when I'm there. I like that you specified 8.30 to 5, not 9 to 5. Yeah, it's a strict 8.30 to 5. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that being said, when Sarah was talking about how like busy she was, like obviously you just said that, like that was your choice and that you loved it, but like that's what busy looks like to you like busy to somebody else could look completely different but like it's your choice so if you're ever like I'm too busy to do this then or like to do whatever but you actually want to do that thing then like switch up what you're doing like I don't know choice quit your job like yeah you have a choice to do whatever yeah um and that's the thing when why it came up for us at first is because we chose to move home from London and stop working at Lululemon there with a lot of our really good lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. um, and then we were like kind of sad that we did that, but in the end it was a choice that we made. Was it the right choice? Who will ever know? But it, it was, was a, just cho a choice. It was a choice that yeah. we made. And then we just had to um, move forward from that and keep living our lives as we have until this day now. Okay, let's move on. I feel like we've gotten into like psychiatry or something like I feel very, like <laughs> I feel like our Lululemon jargon is just coming right back right and we're spitting it out to all these people yeah <laughs> anyhow okay we're moving on this is life lesson number four and it's treat people like they're a guest in your home when you work at Lululemon it's all about having a kitchen party in the store so <laughs> can you explain on that you go in there on boxing day and it is high energy fun you feel welcome as welcome as you could if you walked into like a sorority house rager on halloween <laughs> or you something. walked into mobility house <laughs> uh, because it's probably jam-packed but um you know people are greeting you like it's if you you came to somebody's house they're gonna say hi to you at the door they're gonna take your jacket they're gonna show you around whoa they might just... offer you a drink they might offer you a drink so um, just treating everybody like they're a friend or somebody that you're having over to your house, building a relationship with them and having actual authentic conversation to like learn things about them, learn what's going to be the best thing for them or what they're looking for. This is not only applicable in retail. Um, it's applicable like when you're meeting anybody anywhere. Just like, relationship building. Right. Like at an event, whatever. And like networking these days is just like the only way to get a job. Truthfully. Or like to do anything really. Like, this is going to move into our next segment pretty soon, but, like, if you know how to talk to people and if you treat people nice, no matter who you're talking to, you're going to leave, like, a good taste in their mouth. I don't know if that's a good saying, but... Um, so, like, if you don't know... Let's say you don't know that you're talking to, like, the CEO of something, and then later on they, like, walk away, and then somebody's like, do you know who that was? And then you're like, no... Here's a great example of that. That's going to lead us into our fifth life lesson. Yes. Um, one time I was just working at the store and somebody, I was just chatting, 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 whatever. They, uh, they were part of the research and development program as it was called at that time. And I always like to ask what they do and find out as much information about people as I can because that's like one of my favorite things in life, not just working. Um, so anyways, get talking to this guy and he tells me he works for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, what do you do? And he says, I run 
the I don't know if I should like be disclosing all this, but whatever. Maybe no. Um, I run the X Y Z, and then I was like, oh my god, I want to be a part of that. Can I? <laughs> um, and since we'd had this good conversation, like he literally hooked me up with this sweet job that um, was really really great for me at the time with the with the May Police organization. So that was pretty cool. And like, would you have ever gotten that job if you just applied? Probably never, not. Never, never in a million years. No. Oh, maybe. But, maybe. <laughs> um, that is because I, last but not least, lesson number five, asked for what I needed. I think we have seven lessons, actually. I know. Uh, we can just work the other ones in. Oh, let's just do six. Okay. Okay. So, lesson five is our favorite one, probably, I would say. Ask, Ask for, for what, what you need. need. So... I have been saying for a very long time that in my kitchen, in the future, in the house that I'm going to build someday, I'm going to have a big calligraphy drawing on the wall that says, ask for what you need. And basically what that means is if you come into my home, I want you to feel comfortable enough to ask for whatever you want. But ask for what you need doesn't only apply to like being at your friend's house and asking for like a drink of water if they haven't offered you one or asking for a snack if you're hungry. It applies to literally everything. If you don't know how to do something and you're sitting at your desk at your everyday job just wondering how many tries is it going to take me to figure this out, go ask somebody who knows how to do it and take five minutes to figure that out instead of sitting at your desk twiddling your thumbs thinking, oh my god, I can't go ask somebody because my ego is going to be bruised um, if they know I don't know how to do it. If there's like a really big meeting at something at your job where you're interested in it but you don't really know if you belong, ask for what you need, ask for a seat at the table. like. Just do something because you never know where it's going to take you. Um, that is a great lesson we learned. and It's great. <laughs> um, all of these things, I don't know if our stories are like amazing around them, but hopefully you can take what you can <laughs> from each of these life lessons and apply them to your own life as well. The sixth and last lesson that we are going to share today is all about integrity oh yeah what is integrity doing what you say you're gonna do when and, you're gonna yeah. doing what you say you're gonna do when you said you're gonna do it exactly right? yeah. <laughs> um so i think integrity um also goes with accountability and and taking re personal responsibility for your actions so if you said you're gonna do something if you've set a deadline or a by when, so to speak, as in <laughs> we said we're going to put our podcast out on Wednesdays. So here we are at 1030 on Tuesday, Tuesday, night. Tuesday night recording our podcast so that it can be out when we said it would be, even though like we're not a professional podcasters with Yet. like 7 million followers.